Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. We're back here on the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. We're doing yet another scouting report episode as we have been doing so far at the beginning of this NFL draft cycle. And today we've got two offensive linemen in the 2023 NFL draft class, that being Paris Johnson, projected to be a top player selected, and Anton Harrison, who is from the University of Oklahoma. Going to be interesting perspectives on these two guys. Before we get into it, though, folks, I just want to tell you about today's sponsor, which is Bet Online. Go to betonline.ag for all the latest updated odds, news, and sports info. If you're going to be betting throughout the playoffs, like me, and making these NFL games a little more exciting, and also separate from if you're watching your favorite team play this weekend or not, it'll be an easy way to make a little extra cash, some beer money, whatever it might be. Do it at Bet Online and use promo code Believe B L E A V to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag and promo code believe. All right, Ryan. I love talking about offensive linemen, man. I, I don't know what it is, but they are so fun to watch. Sometimes the evaluations, I think, for tackles can be a little tricky because a lot of these guys are a little raw. But we've got two guys, I think, that fit that description today, Ryan, is raw. Mm-hmm. Two guys that are not all the way at where they their potential they're sure. not super technically refined, but I think that there's different levels of traits that they both bring to the table that make them, in different levels, valuable at the next level. Yeah, no, I agree. I, it's a it's going to be an interesting comparison because when you look at them, how they're listed, because we don't have the verified measurables. I mean, Anton Harrison from Oklahoma is listed at six six three zero nine, and then Paris Johnson, I think, is listed at six six three ten. Right, so they are yeah mirror images from a listing perspective. We'll see what the arm length and everything else, the actual measurements are when it comes through. But I mean, to be completely transparent, I was a little lower on Anton Harrison going into the year. And, you know, I I know we'll get into the full evaluation, but I thought he took a massive step forward. We get Paris Johnson switching over from right guard to left tackle and making that transition. So a couple of kids that are still kind of new to the position, but two players that obviously have a lot of traits to work off of. Let's start with Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State. And at the beginning of the season, he I was very high on him. I spoke very highly mm-hmm. of him. We watched him play as a guard. And Ryan, I actually think that he has better tape at guard, but his traits and the way that he played at tackle is extremely promising. And what I mean by that is he was more accustomed to playing guard in his in his career. And frankly, as a good athlete, it might be a little bit easier for someone like Paris Johnson, who's a physical player to play that guard spot, but they bumped him out because that was what he was recruited to do. And he was the best offensive lineman. So he should be playing left tackle for this Ohio state team. I think he's at times a little bit inconsistent because of how green he is to the position, but the highs for him on tape when he has his best reps and he's in a good rhythm and he looks clean, he's a lockdown guy. He moves really freaking well. His footwork I think is, is pretty strong, but it's quick. He's light footed despite being listed at over 300 pounds. And that to me is massive, but there is some technical refinement that needs to be done for a Paris Johnson because Mm -hmm. of how new he is to the position. It's not going to just be one season and immediately he's going to be at an elite level. There are very few guys that can make that transition and be immediately good at playing at a different spot. It's not as plug and play as I think 
a lot of NFL fans and college football fans realize it is. No, I mean, offensive tackle is always a tough transition for guys. And the technical aspect is forgivable for a Paris Johnson because, like you said, he has only played one year at left tackle in his college career, right? So there's obviously technical refinement that needs to happen. But I think that we always start the conversation with the traits, right? What do we see on the film? And I think that that's what gets you excited with the Paris Johnson because, I mean, the three most important things that I value as an offensive tackle is one, foot quickness. That's what he something that he has tremendously. You said he moves well to second level laterally. The kid can move. Then the next is the length profile on top of the size profile, right? So I'm talking about a body composition type of thing, and he has length yeah. for days. You see when he is able to get in proper position and get gain extension at both in the pass game and in the run game, the length is there, right? So he has athleticism with short area quickness, foot quickness, and he has the length. And the last one's flexibility. And I think that's something that we don't talk about enough, but it's something that I mm. value tremendously. Because the one thing about offensive tackle is you're going against some of the best athletes in the NFL at defensive end. The Miles Garretts of the world, the Von Millers, the kids, you know, the Nick Boses, the Joey Boses, like the kids that are just made on different planets. So when you're a offensive tackle that is facing a guy like that in increased space, you need to be able to, at times, contort your body in different ways because there's going to be times where a great defensive end, great pass rusher puts an offensive tackle in a terrible position. And it's about recovery. Well, you can't recover unless you're flexible. And I think that you see the flexibility on film mm-hmm. with Paris Johnson as well. So for, from a physical perspective, it's a check, check, check. Everything. Like you see, yeah. right? But to your point, Joe, I think that his, I think his demeanor at times – is still showcasing the sense that he is a physical mauling presence of an offensive lineman. He wants to get hands on you quick. He wants to be physical. He wants to be the aggressor in these types of situations, which hurts him at offensive tackle at times in year one as an offensive tackle. Because I feel like he's trying to quick set a lot, but at times that's going to get you in some bad positions early on if you don't make solid Solid. If you don't gain solid ground, if you don't make solid contact early with your hands, and I think that, that does hurt him at times. And I think that he plays offensive tackle with a little bit of a guard mentality at times. Yes. But when you see their flashes of when he gets into a proper set, whether it's a forty-five or a vertical set, he's a smooth athlete. He's long. He has the flexibility. All the tools are there. And in the run game, he's got dominant, dominant highlights on there right there's dominant moments because he is a people mover he's incredibly strong he's powerful and he's explosive so all the tools are there but to your point year one might not be the i it might not be the full indicator of how good paris johnson will be on the nfl level but long term the kid has traits to be special in my opinion yeah, absolutely. Again, the traits are the big reason why we're high on a guy like Paris Johnson. Again, some of those just issues that I spotted were inconsistencies with angles and inconsistencies, inconsistencies with hand placement. Yes. I also, there were a couple of reps where you actually see him get beat. It's not often because he's a, he's a pretty good player. He's a pretty good athlete. And despite some of those technical issues, he still wins a lot of reps. But the times he does win... I think he needs to improve his upper body strength because like there were a couple times against Georgia and one play in particular that sticks in my head where he got walked back and he got popped back because he didn't have the upper body strength to 
win that rep and he got driven back, which led to a sack on, on CJ Stroud, or I think it was either a sack or just general pressure. But those strength things, I think definitely need, need to improve. It's not like it's at like a Matt Pert level of concern where it's just super low tier and it's going to take years for him to improve, but he does need to get up to a more of an NFL play strength level before I can fully commit to him as an elite, eventual elite offensive tackle. But again, the main talking point here with Paris Johnson is that he has all the traits and tackle more than anything is more of a projection more and more. And as the game of football evolves, it feels like offensive linemen are less and less prepared for the NFL because of we can sit here and talk about it for, for days on the issues that have been led to a lack of development for offensive linemen scheme, whatever it might be in college, but for him to have the traits to be really athletic to move really freaking well, he can be worked on. He can be improved in his time in his first couple of years in the NFL. Every issue that you have with with Paris Johnson Jr. right now is purely from a development and technical perspective, right? Like there's yes. a there's a difference between a physical limitation and a technical limitation. Right now, there are some technical limitations on the film from Paris Johnson. You mentioned hand placement at times. I think set points are a little bit inconsistent at times. And I also think that his pad level isn't great too, because I actually do think he has a power profile to build upon. I just think he plays a little bit high at times right now on the island. So all those things are things in practice, working with offensive line coach, you can improve pretty quickly. But at the end of the day, the unteachables that I always speak about, can't teach length, can't really teach foot quickness. You can improve it, but you can't really make a guy a good athlete, right? Like either they are or they become a great athlete. Like you can improve an athlete, but you can't make a bad athlete a great, a good athlete, right? And he is a good athlete. He's got length and he's a flexible kid. So every time you have all those things, I'm, I'm going to bet on you, right? I'm going to bet on those, those types of traits and to the unte- to the teachable part of it, to the improvements that need to be made. He's also only 21 years old, right? He was mm-hmm. born July 3rd, 2001. So he will not be, yeah, he will not be, 22 until after he is drafted. So he'll be a 22-year-old rookie. So he's still a young guy, a young cat that has time to develop as well. So the uh, the teachable part, I think, will come with time and with experience. But the unteachables are things that you just cannot – you can't coach up, man. Either you have the length or you don't. I'd also add in one of the other unteachable, thing, unteachable things for an offensive lineman is the demeanor. Like he also brings that demeanor. And the other guy we're going to talk about, I think there are actually some demeanor issues. And that's the difference between that. That's the funny part is that physically, I don't think there's many differences between him and Anton Harrison, but it's like Anton Harrison's the Walmart version of Paris Johnson for a number of reasons. And again, we're going to get to that in a second. I don't want to get too ahead, uh, ahead of ourselves. In terms of projection, I see this guy as a top 20 pick. I don't want to commit to him any higher because of technically from a technique standpoint, he does need a ton of improvement. He's not going to be an immediate plug and play all pro guy. This is not a Tristan Wirfs. This is not even, I think, an Andrew Thomas where it might take him a little bit to get Mm -hmm. comfortable with the position. But because of the position and the lack of development, typically for a position like this, very high value, a team that needs an offensive lineman in the top 15 picks, and he's probably going to get drafted even higher than that because of positional value. But yeah. purely from if I'm grading him in a vacuum, in an overall class, say it's a stacked offensive lineman class, even though this year's not that stacked, mm-hmm. I see him as a top 20 pick. 
Yeah, I mean, in a vacuum, I graded him out as a late first round pick, but we also have to remember that that doesn't have positional value put into it, right? So with positional value, with how important the offensive tackle position is, especially left tackle, that's, I mean, I'm going to be comfortable taking him personally between picks 10 and 20, like somewhere in that, in that, you know, teens conversation, 10 to 20, I would be very open to Paris Johnson. But to your point, Joe, I, I imagine that he has a chance to go top 10. I do. Because all those traits are there. It's just when I'm grading out a player, there is a technical side to things, right? There is a short-term forecast versus a long-term forecast, which is going to be a little bit iffy at times. But I think that you see 10 to 20 pick, in my opinion, with the positional value put in. I have a late first-round grade on him. I'm a fan of Paris Johnson. It's just the long-term is going to outweigh the short-term, in my opinion. And again, to be perfectly clear here for any listeners who are still not totally understanding this, again, we grade him as that, but the NFL is going to value him and probably take him a lot higher. We're not yes. saying he's going to get drafted around that spot. This is just the quality of player he is. And frankly, Ryan, I, I, he might be a top seven pick. It might end up happening because outside of Peter Skaronsky, what other tackles are there? It's going to be yeah. him. It's going to be Peter Skaronsky and Paris Johnson Jr. It's going to well, come down to those two guys. And once one of them goes, as we saw last year, which was a okay good, decent quality tackle class. Not the mm-hmm. best we've seen. A lot of guys got overdrafted last year. Joe, I, I think it's. I think you have a solid point there as far as how high the value could be for Paris because, I mean, just doing, just messing around with like some mock draft stuff recently, right? It The board really gets funky after the top four picks. It really does because you're projecting the top two defensive linemen off the board and Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. Then you're talking about the two quarterbacks in the conversation potentially. I know there's probably another quarterback or two that might figure into the top 10. But after that, man, like the the well dries up a little bit pretty quickly. So Mm -hmm. you're going to be betting on a lot of upside. And if you're betting on upside, I mean, is there much better than Paris Johnson in this class? I mean, he's got all that upside to be a, a top flight left tackle at the next level if it hits. So, Ryan, let's transition to Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. Again, like I was trying to say earlier about him and Paris Johnson, I think you could argue that they're both very good athletes, and Anton Mm -hmm. Harrison moves very well for a player of his size. He's a tricky evaluation because the Oklahoma offense doesn't really ask him to fully kick set, fully go through his pass pro. A lot of times Dylan Gabriel was getting the ball out really quickly, so you didn't Mm -hmm. didn't get the full scope of what he's – totally capable of but here's where i stand with him yep traits are great you can draft him to be a backup and a high or not a high upside but could eventually work his way into a starting role Mm -hmm. my issues with him outside of the traits which they're not elite they're not insane crazy traits that he brings to the table but they're good they're They're good good. they're very strong traits i noticed a lot of inconsistencies in his awareness his technique hand placement, and frankly, his overall effort. I felt like there were a good amount of reps where I'm watching him and he's kind of tapering off in terms of his interest in what's going on during a play. Again, separate from that, if you can tap into what he's capable of, there's potential there. Yeah. But at the same time, I think there's just some deficiencies in a lot of those categories. I, I will say this. Anton Harrison was a lot better in 2022 than what I saw in 2021. I was not I, I was not in on 2021 film, man. Like, because you could see it, Joe, right? Like he does have unteachables. He has stuff to work with. I think he has good length. Yes. Not quite as good as Paris Johnson Jr., but good length. I think he's got good foot quickness. He can mirror in, in pass protection well. I think he moves to second level pretty well. You know, everything's there from a athleticism size perspective. My biggest quarrel with him 
is I thought the play strength was pretty below average, man. Like, yes. I, and I think that the, the hand strength is decent, so it's a little bit odd. I think that when he gets a good position with his hands and he's able to get a good strike, I do think that he has some displacement power. I really do. But it's the when somebody's able to just get inside his chest and able to kind of control the inside a little bit on him, I think that you see that the lower body strength is still developing. I don't think that mm. his play strength is just good overall right now. I think it's still very much a work in progress. That's also a thing that can be fixed. It can be improved upon as you get into an NFL strength conditioning strength and conditioning program. And then also he's only a third year player. So he's going to be a younger cat as well. I don't have an official birthday on him, but he's going to be a younger guy as well. So that development is going to happen. It's going to take place. So I'm not worried about that regard, but right now it does worry me going against guys like Nick Bosa, those types of dudes that are speed to power converters that are guys that if you are not ready, if you're not, if you, if, you, if you don't have a positive set and you're not able to dig your heels into the grounds, they're going to mm. be able to take you for a little bit of a ride. So I think that the the power profile is what really is kind of the big hang-up for me right now. I think that there's some technical parts that you mentioned that, for me, like Anton Harrison just always looks rushed. You know, it, it, Everything looks like it's yeah. kind of going fast for him at times. And that worries me a little bit for a guy that I do consider a good athlete because at some point the game needs to slow down a little bit. I just don't think it's fully slowed down for him. I think it's slowed down tremendously from 2021 to 2022, but it still needs to take a next step. But the power profile for me is the biggest hangup. I want to buy into him. I see the traits. I can see the developmental path for him to be in a, a starting offensive tackle at the next level. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that the power profile did worry me a little bit. Power profile definitely stood out. The other thing, and I, if you see this for an offensive lineman, folks, this is a little bit of a problem. Multiple plays. This is, didn't just happen once. Multiple plays. I saw him like working on a rep, and then he'd spin around, like turn his back to the play. Like he's doing like a spin in the middle of the play because he's just kind of gets moved that way. And he's also like I don't know a single offensive line coach that that coaches that. There's not a single guy that coaches stuff like that. So to see him not having an awareness of where he is, how he's supposed to, to to act on the field and move on the field, like there's concern there. Like that's very low level. Uh, I, I guess I call that technique. I don't even know what to call that. Like what, how would you describe it's, being it's that not, out of it's place that you're spinning as an offensive lineman? It's not being comfortable. Like it's it has nothing to do with technique. Like the, I think Bidabak is, yeah. is the offensive line coach for Oklahoma. Like and he's a respected guy. Like he's not teaching that in practice. You know, it's just I think I think it goes into the conversation piece though, Joe. I, I honestly do think it does that Anton Harrison. I don't think is a very comfortable player all the time because I think the game's moving a little quickly for him. Like when the game yes. moves fast, you do things out of your technique a lot, and that's something that's like out of the realm of the technique. No one taught him to do that. It's just that he's a little rushed at points. So maybe the game will slow down, and if it does, I think he'll be a good offensive tackle at the next level. But as of right now, the power profile and just the speed of the game are, are the question marks for him. They are, and we'll see if it improves But because it's baseline traits. But I have a feeling, and I don't know if you agree with this, but I have a feeling Uh-oh. that Anton Harrison might get overdrafted, which I don't think would be a great situation for him. He, he might will. get overdrafted, though. He might. He will. Yeah. So, Ryan, I try not to do a lot of comps when we do this show, but I think that this one has has some some value to it. Um, we were talking about him earlier, and I brought him up earlier. In terms of a guy who had traits, lacked upper body strength, lacked technique, 
didn't really pan out, but was overdrafted and also considered to be a high upside player. I kind of see a little bit of Matt Pert here. What, what do you think? Joe, I liked Matt Pert coming out. I don't know if you liked Matt Pert, but I I liked Matt Pert, man. Um, Yeah, I mean, I can see some of the parallels to what your what your what your worries are, right? Like, I can see the the physical. I can see the power limitations right now. I can see the inconsistencies. Matt Pert was a stupid long dude, though, wasn't he? He Didn't have like thirty five inch arms or something like that. But I, I, I can definitely see where you're coming out with that one. I can. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I got, though, for a draft projection to to close this out here. Um, I see him as a third to fourth round pick. Again, there's upside. He is somebody who could be a spot starter, could eventually work into a starting role. But for the most part, you're drafting him to be a high value backup swing tackle type of a guy. This is depth. This is not to be a starting player. Do, Do you agree with me on that? I had a mid three on him, so we see him very similarly. I think that he's a guy that goes should go late day two, and you have developmental potential, but at least he gives you some some swing ability. I, I think that that is what you would want out of Anton Harrison, but unfortunately, I think he goes a little bit higher. But we'll see. Yeah, again, we talked about that earlier. Very good chance that he does get drafted way too high. Uh, let us know your thoughts in the comments, though, folks. Be sure you hit that subscribe button. Also, head on over to betonline.ag to use that promo code BELIEVE to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, betonline.ag, for all of your sports betting needs. Uh, subscribe at Joe DeLeon at Rise and Draft. We'll be back with more next week. Enjoy your weekend, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.